Welcome to Love Punch, challenging entrepreneurs, artists, and thought leaders to make a lasting impact. I'm your host, Ruby Fremont, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector, and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to take bold action and create massive impact through a powerful process that I call CPR. Courage, persistence, and resilience to go after what you really fucking want. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So get ready and let's make shit happen. Okay, we are back with another episode of Love Punch, and I am so excited to introduce this next guest because she has served as a mentor for me on this journey into my purpose. Gabrielle Bernstein is the number one New York Times bestselling author of The Universe Has Your Back and has written five additional bestsellers. She was featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday as a next generation thought leader, and the New York Times named her a new role model. She appears regularly as a guest on The Dr. Oz Show and has co-hosted the Guinness World Record Largest Guided Meditation with Deepak Chopra. Welcome to Love Punch, Gabby. Hi, honey. Thanks for having me back. It's so good to be with you. Super good to be with you. Now, I first was introduced to you back in 2012. I'm not sure if you remember this talk, but when you were in Vancouver with Danielle Laporte, and it was a crowd of maybe like 70 or 80 people in a room, and I was at rock bottom. It was the first time I'd ever immersed myself in an environment like that with two powerful, spiritually aligned women speaking to a crowd. I'd never seen this before. And since then, I've taken part in your inaugural Spirit Junkie Masterclass in New York City in 2014. Yep. But I've also witnessed you rise even higher with your mission as a leader. And Oprah may have been the first to say it, but I'm going to say it again. You truly are a next-gen thought leader. You make spirituality relatable, and I feel it's because you're relatable to today's generation. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm wondering, how did you create this level of relatability with your audience? It's not hard to be relatable. It's much harder not to be, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we work a lot harder often to not be ourselves. So being relatable is just standing and speaking and being in your authentic truth. And the thing that I think people get wrong often is that that's actually the easier approach. So the commitment that I've made as a teacher is just to be real and just to tell the truth and to often expose myself when I feel like I've made mistakes because I want to tell people how I got back mm-hmm. and show the the learning and the and the journey. Mm-hmm. And it's also really important to me that people can recognize themselves in me because I don't want to be a teacher that seems separate. Mm. And was that always the case for you, like from the beginning? Uh, I think it's become, I think, yes, but I think it's, I think that the pursuit of authenticity has actually grown stronger as I've, as I've grown as a teacher. It's mm-hmm. much, much more important to me today than I think it was when I first was starting out, Not, although it was a high priority then too. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe that today, the, one of the most important things is uh, I think about my audience when I'm writing, when I'm speaking, and I'm always thinking, well, how will that make them feel? And will that story serve them? Or will that lesson be, be, make them feel connected? If I'm not thinking in that way, then it could easily just be me speaking, speaking about what I think is what I need. 
but I want to be really thinking about what the reader or the audience member needs and, and, and then teaching them from a place that's genuine. Mm. And it sounds like when you come from that place of being genuine and authentic, that really brings them into your mission and into your hemisphere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm curious because you said that this is easier, right? To be authentic, but for so many people, they have it flipped, right? They feel like it's easier to be inauthentic, especially in today's social media obsessed generation where everyone's garnering for likes and and engagement. So what do you mean by it's easier and how does someone start to flip that mindset around authenticity being easy? This is a big thing that I want to teach people and it's something I teach in my master classes. Uh, sometimes the harder you push and the more you try, the more you deflect. Mm. And from a law of attraction standpoint, the more fun you're having, the more you're attracting. Mm-hmm. So when you're in your truth and you're genuinely connected to your authenticity, you're having more fun. And that presence of fun is, is magnetic. And more, more of what you want will begin to come to you naturally. Invisible doors will open for you. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 just, it's just the law, truly. The, we, when, we, when we have resistance and we have the neediness or the pushiness or the controlling or any of the likes or whatever it is, it's it's just it's felt through the it's felt through the internet, mm-hmm. and it's and it feels like an uphill battle. And I know that anyone listening that's been feeling like they've been you know striving for likes knows what that feels like and knows what that means to them. And so my my message to you would be just be yourself, have more fun. Mm-hmm. That's really good because I remember being in that space of okay now I I've seen where for example you were when I was like in year one I think you were in like over year ten and me wanting to just fast forward to that place. Whereas there's like a process to really honor within your own journey. And I think also respect the people that have come before you, not meaning like you respecting me, Mm -hmm. but like, like I had to look at my teachers like Marianne Williamson and Dr. Dyer. And I knew that I couldn't just be where they, oh, they were, they were decades older than I was, first of all, but they've been doing this work for so many years. They put their time in and not just, not just in their career, but in their spiritual growth and practice. And so I had to recognize that that while, while I was ready to go and be on the same stages with Wayne Dyer, it was going to take a few years, you know, mm-hmm. it was going to take a while for me to, to, to get, get, you know, get to a place where I was grounded enough and, and conscious enough and, and aligned enough to be able to hold what that meant. And so I think trying to fast forward something actually would only make things worse. Mm-hmm. Because you won't be ready for it. Right. What I'm hearing when you say that is the the idea of congruency, of like really being congruent with your mission and what you're putting out there so that you're not just talking at people, but you're speaking from a place of knowingness. Oh, absolutely. You you know, I think that comes back to authenticity again, but I think that you really never want to be teaching anything that you haven't known for yourself or you haven't known to be true. And it's fine to not know everything. I mean, there's plenty of things that I'm not going to go off on a stage and start talking about because I haven't, I haven't applied it. I haven't practiced it. It's not in me. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the greatest level of confidence that I have as a speaker and as a writer is to just write and speak about what is true for me, what I know to be true for me. And so what, you know, it's interesting. Somebody was on my Instagram the other day. Say I wrote something about trusting in spirit guides and really mm-hmm. believing in the guidance around you. And, and I wrote something very beautiful and I felt very good about it because it was what is true for me. Right. And she wrote back and she's like, this is a bunch of BS. Like, I don't believe this. I wrote back and I was like, 
this may not be what you believe at all. Like no problem. And I'm not suggesting that you have to believe this, Mm -hmm. but I know this to be true for me and I feel great sharing about it. Mm. and And I hope for you to find that spiritual connection for yourself in whatever form it comes. And it may not in any way resemble what I believe to be true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And That's this is, yeah, and that, that was a fantastic example too, because I think a lot of people are afraid when it comes to sharing things online because of the quote unquote backlash that they may or may not receive. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, if you're speaking from your truth, you can do what you just exemplified right here is you can stand in it when someone comes back at you. Yeah, it wasn't like I was going to delete her comment. I was just, right. I actually was like, normally I think someone would be like, oh, that person's being nasty, delete them. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was like, girl, like, totally cool. Like think what you want. This is so true for me. Like there's nothing more true than this for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sharing about it. Like if you don't like it, like go follow somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it's really important for people listening to understand that, right? Is that when we're coming from our truth at all times, it's so much easier to stand by it. Number one. Yeah. And number two, to actually communicate it outwardly. Totally. Because it's clear to you. It's clear for you. And, um, you know, with everyone listening, so all my listeners are really mission driven. One of the things that they really struggle with is being heard, right? They have this, this struggle of being heard in the masses of social media and in the sea of voices. And what is it that you have found to have worked for you to, in order to be heard or to have your message brought to the masses? Um, I never was trying to speak to the masses. I was trying to speak to one. Mm. So I always had visions of like big audiences. And I don't think that was ego. I know that that was premonition mm-hmm. because of me hearing what I was being called to do. But my, my, I was never like, I need this post to have 10,000 likes and 400 comments. And mm-hmm. that was, that's never been my intention and continues to not be. I'm always thinking, well, let me just share this because it's coming from a place that's meaningful to me. And if it helps one person, that's my intention. And so I, I know for a fact that because I was focused on the one rather than the masses, it, it just became, it, it, it was felt uh, from a place that wasn't needy and graspy. And it was coming from a place of, of, of truth. Mm. So speak to one person versus yeah, think about the one person that you can serve and trust that that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Yeah. So with this idea of speaking to one person, I mean, you literally have helped thousands upon thousands of people really find that alignment with spirituality, but also you've ignited people to rise up into their own missions. And all of this has started from you really directing your message to one person. Yeah, absolutely. And paying attention also to what people were going through and speaking to them directly, because I started seeing a lot of people waking up to their spiritual practice, waking up in their spiritual practices mm-hmm. and feeling called to bring that, those messages out in the mm-hmm. world, whether it be through their work or whether it be through like an existing career, whether it be, uh, in their, in their home with their kids and mm-hmm. their family. And I was really feeling a responsibility to help teach people how to do that to teach people how to really be a authentic leader, to be a, uh, 
a compassionate person and teacher in whatever form that came. And also to be within like a lot of integrity around the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And actually that's why I created my masterclass, my mm-hmm. spirit junkie masterclass, because I saw these people waking up just like you, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, like, I am lit up. I'm ready to teach. I want people to know what I'm learning. And I wanted to make sure that I gave people what I knew to be true so that they could really, really stand with a lot of integrity and, and, and do the work that they were being called to do. And then also give them the confidence to do it. Mm. So would you say Spirit Junkie Masterclass was really birthed from focusing on like what maybe that one person was going through with their spiritual yeah. awakening? Yes, 100%. And that one person multiplied so much. I just kept mm-hmm. seeing it over and over again. Like the rubies in my world were multiplying. Like there was just so many of you. <laughs> and I saw, you know, just so many people, just like readers and and people that are on the blog or people on social that were just that were just all representing that one person and they had the same voice and they were all wanting the same thing. And so it was like, okay, I, we got work to do. Right. I think that's so important to clarify too, because people nowadays are trying to please way too many different types of people. Yeah. And I love this mentality of like, just focus on that one person, that one person that you're here to serve and that that one person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when these people, so you take them through the Spirit Junkie Masterclass, they're finding their voice within their mission, but why do you believe it is important for these people to pursue their missions? And do you feel like that is part of your greater mission? Yeah, I do. Well, there's so much hate Mm -hmm. and violent, violent Mm -hmm nasty hate on the internet right now. Mm-hmm. It's in the world, but it's being magnified on the internet. Mm-hmm. And so my mission for the Spirit Junkie Masterclass has grown much, much larger over the last two years beyond what it originated as, which was to give people the confidence to rise up and lead mm-hmm. and, be, and, and, and speak about their spiritual belief systems and, and build spiritual businesses and, and, and you know, bring spirituality into their existing careers or transition careers. That was like a, the big message was here's the confidence to do it. Here are the methods to do it. Here's how you, here's how you magnify your message. Here's how you get the work out. Now it's so much bigger than that. Now it's like, I want to create a tribe of like-minded people who care about spreading kindness and compassion and oneness because I'm going to curse right now, but we don't fucking have money more time for the bullshit that's on the internet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it is violent. Mm-hmm. And so it is, so I'm sorry, I had to curse because that's how seriously I feel. All fucks are allowed here. Yes. It is mm-hmm. violent and it's life threatening. Mm-hmm. And so my intention with my masterclass is to give people, spiritual people, the confidence to teach in whatever form it comes, whether it be in their existing work or create a business around it and be abundant doing it so that they continue to do it. But for the main pursuit of being of high service to the world, because we need to balance out the negativity. Mm -hmm. So I believe that if thousands and thousands of people can begin to, hopefully hundreds of thousands and millions of people can begin Mm -hmm. to shift their perception and shift their intentions and their daily projections, then we will be living in a better place. But we, we have a lot of work to do. And so I want to just continue to grow the, the masterclass students from, from the primary standpoint of creating more light workers, more, mm-hmm. more people who have the intention of being of service and combating the negativity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, listen, people are suffering. Mm-hmm. You know? A lot of people are suffering. Yeah. And I mean, we all are suffering uh, and, and people are feeling, feeling great injustices. And I have so much compassion 
for people that are feeling the, the, the wounds, the core wounds being really, the band-aids are being ripped off. And so I have so much compassion. And I also understand how when you're wounded, you might want to fight. Mm-hmm. But I want to teach people how to, how to use those wounds and transcend those wounds mm. and turn them into something brighter. Yeah. I feel like that's so important, especially now. I mean, I mean, I, I know I can say this because I've seen some of your other interviews, but you know, it all began first Trump. And then we had, you know, Black Lives Matter, Me Too. And it's like all of these emotions are coming to the surface now and people are erupting. You know, have, we have those that are erupting and they're fighting violence with violence. And we have those who are staying even quieter because they don't know how to have their voice heard amongst all the noise that's happening now. They're being silenced, yeah. Right. And it feels scary. It feels unsafe. It feels not like a secure place to really voice. And so you know, this new evolution, let's call it, of your personal mission with Spirit Junkie Masterclass is really to help bring these people or help them gain the confidence to bring their voices to the surface. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And to be a voice for hope and a voice for change and a voice for kindness and compassion and 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 understanding. Mm-hmm. Even when they feel even when they feel attacked. Right. Yeah, especially when they feel attacked. Yeah. Yeah. That's when it's crucial to really continue to voice your your truth. Definitely. Yeah. What have been some of the greatest let I mean, let's call them success stories that you've seen through your work, you know, like because I know as a leader and as someone who's putting so much incredible life-changing content out there, I'm sure you've heard from some amazing people who have followed your work. What have been some of the major success stories that you've Heard. I think one of the greatest success stories is a story of a masterclass alumni called Stephanie. And mm-hmm. um, Stephanie had prepared to do, uh, she was a level one and level two masterclass alumni. And she prepared to do a Make Cause Miracles workshop where I teach, I teach my students how to teach my book, Make Cause Miracles. And she put all this messaging out to, the, to her local library. I'm going to teach this course and I hope all these people come. And she was like, let me, you know, let me, let me see who shows up and see what happens. And she arrived at the library and there was only one person there. Mm. And she said to the woman, you know, are you here for the workshop? And she's like, I don't know what the workshop is. And she said, oh, well, I'm doing this workshop called Make Cause Miracles. And it sounds like, you know, you weren't coming for it, but I'm happy to teach it to you. Mm-hmm. The woman said, great, I'm here. Like, t- take me through it. And Stephanie sat with that one woman the way she would with 30 and focused on the one. Mm. It taught her step by step this 40-day process that she learned in two hours. Wow. And took this by the end of the woman and said, I can't even believe this happened. This is exactly what I needed right now. Mm-hmm. And I and I was so blown away by Stephanie's commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of teacher I want to create is someone that's saying, Well, not gonna walk out of the room because the person's not there for them, but to offer it anyway. Not mm-hmm. to walk out of the room because only one person showed up, but to teach it anyway. Mm-hmm. And to treat that one person the same way you would treat a thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a success story. That's beautiful. And that's super powerful. And it really showcases the power of service when you come from that place of service and, and, right. and impact, right? Because impact doesn't have to be the masses. It can be just one person. Right. And now Stephanie's story has helped so many other students of mine. It's going to be written about in my book. I mean, I'm just so proud of her. Mm, that's amazing. So with these you know, it's like you've got, you're giving birth, you're igniting to all these other people's purposes in this world. And I know that your mission continues to expand. 
as you rise up? Because I'm sure you're learning every day, even though you're the teacher, you're learning so much from your students. What have been, what, what's been like maybe your biggest lesson? I think that I've had a lot of lessons. Uh, my a big lesson is to listen, to really listen to people and hear what they're saying. And, 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 and especially even if, even if I'm challenged to listen, it's a big lesson. And I think, I think the, another big lesson I learned very early on, which was probably the key to all my success, has just been to make it not about me. <laughs> I, guess, I, mean, I can have a lot of fun doing the work I'm doing, but if it's not about me, then it will succeed. Mm. So make it about your one person. Make it about that one person. Make it about the service. Make it about who, you know, make, yes, make it about how much fun can I have doing this, mm-hmm. but much more about what, what, when we're focused on how much fun we're having, we're actually being a very high service to the world because the fun that we extend is bringing more positivity and grace to the world. Mm-hmm. So having fun, being of service, showing up with, 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 my, with my truth those focuses have been really what has given me a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So pursuing your mission is meant to feel fun. Hell yes. <laughs> if it doesn't, you guys you gotta look, look closely at what's happening. Right. So listeners, if you are pursuing your mission right now and it doesn't feel fun, you've got to check yourself and see what's anyway, going on. Go to the masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so Gabby, what do you want to be known for? I want to be known for making people feel good when they're around me. Mm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful and deep, but it's also something that, um, you know, even I myself right now in your presence, I'm enjoying and I'm feeling that. Well, I'm enjoying you too. <laughs> 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 Amazing. So what's next for you? Oh, there's so much. <laughs> some, of it, some of it's very, you know, some of it I'll hold close for a while. But, of course. Um, I have a new book that I'm writing called Super Attractor. Mm-hmm. So it'll be out in 2019. And it's a lot about what we're talking about right now. It's really getting into alignment and living, living a life of alignment. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. This will be book number six, seven. seven? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love the title. Thanks. <laughs> Super attractor. So Gabby, I want to just ask you one more question about your mission because all of our listeners, like I've said before, they're mission driven and you are someone who really exemplifies pursuing your mission to this fullest expansion. Like since, like I said, since I first saw you in 2012, I've seen you just continue to rise higher, but also step deeper into your authenticity in the way in which you show up on stages and um, even your books. So what has it been like for you on this journey into stepping deeper into your role as a true leader? Well, my mission, my company-wide mission, my husband and I decided this together, mm-hmm. is to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Mm. That's our company mission statement. And the fun part has probably been the deepening for me mm. because I was helping a lot of people for many years but not having a lot of fun. I was really suffering from work addiction and, and feel, feeling unsupported and a lot of addictive patterns that I was mm-hmm. still working out even, even up until four years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So 
And that's a big thing I want to teach my students as well is really just healing from the, that work addiction and that feeling of having to hustle to make things happen. Mm-hmm. So the fun part has become imperative for me. The, that I don't really think I can help people to my highest capacity unless I'm having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That was a glass ceiling if you're not having a good time. Right. So the fun part is probably my biggest pursuit right now mm-hmm. because I know it will be a, have a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. Hence being out in the nature while we do our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going outside. It's beautiful. <laughs> right. So if you're hearing uh, a crow in the background, that's why. <laughs> Crows, turkeys, they're here. (laughs) Well, Gabby, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I honor you immensely. And I know that our values or our listeners will value this episode. I really do. Thank you. You're lovely. Thank you for everything. Of course. To our listeners, I want to say thank you for tuning in. If you're ready to really deepen your journey into this mission and gain the tools that you need to live your highest purpose and make an impact, we invite you to join us in Spirit Junkie Masterclass. Just head over to rubyframon.com slash spirit junkie for all the groovy details. If you love this episode, please share it with a friend. And I will see you all back here next week with a brand new episode of Love Punch. Thank you.